Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, episode 55. How are we doing today, Jason? Doing well. Doing well. Excited. Can't believe we're already on number 55. Right, yeah. We're actually, uh, I was looking at the dates the other day. We're coming up on the actual one-year anniversary, so we'll have to talk a little bit more about that later, but that's, I think that's only a couple weeks away, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, we got you on the phone again. You're, uh, you've kind of been sidelined for about a week now, stuck at home. Yep. It's kind of, COVID. uh, yeah, it's kind of how things go lately. Or you're not, the, you're not the only one in that boat, are you? Uh, nope, not at all. Yeah, so, anyways, hoping to get you back soon, but, uh, man, there's, uh, we're right in the heart, right in the thick of league play for basketball, boys and girls basketball, and, and boys and girls soccer, everything's off and running right now, so, we've, uh, we've had some pretty big games lately. Yeah, we've had some very big games lately, um, <clears throat> You know, some, you know, league starting to play. And I think the, probably the biggest one would have to probably be, you know, the Clovis North Central game. Yeah, Central uh, going to Clovis North, Central boys, and uh, getting a big win there. I don't – they're uh, Central's, Central's playing some good ball right now. No, Central's definitely playing some good basketball. They're very long, athletic, um, very talented team, and – yeah, they were able to uh, knock off Clovis North. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, we have every Friday the CIS putting out these uh, these playoff projections right now, and uh, man, if they if they keep their if they keep on winning and maybe knock off North again, who knows how high they could go? They're not too far away from the open right now. No, I just don't see them. I don't see them getting with with what the projections are. Yeah, um, I don't see them. You know the first projection. I think they were the they had them as the eight seed, the last seed of Division One. Um, you know that's. Yeah, I think now they've climbed their way up to like the four seed in Division One. So. But I just don't. I don't know if they have. You know, like it's it's going to be hard to jump Mount Whitney. Yeah, that's. I agree with that too. If yeah. Mount Whitney, if Mount Whitney doesn't lose, um, I see that being tough, and so it'll be interesting to see. Um. You know, I I don't know. I haven't seen Mount Whitney play, so I don't know how talented Mount Whitney is. Yeah, um, I I have seen them play, and I gotta hand it to them, man. I they're uh, they're outperforming my expectations. So hat my hats hats off to Mount Whitney. They are uh, they're going for it, man. They're trying to go undefeated, and they're trying to seems like they're trying to go as high as they can. I gotta hand it to them. They're uh, they have performed much better than I thought they would. <laughs> You know, you play who is on your schedule, and you know they've beaten everyone that they have played or is on their schedule. So yeah, hundred percent. And even last minute ads, you know, they weren't afraid to schedule Bakersfield Christian and uh, took them down by five points. And man, I didn't see that one coming. I'll be honest. So good job, to no, yeah. good job to them. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, you still have second half of league, um, so it'll be you know it's always tougher second you know second time around. And 
Yeah, especially, you know, teams get another chance to see you, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens, but it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you, it, it certainly makes it more interesting being able to track the, uh, the playoff projections every week and see exactly how teams are moving up and down, so. Yeah, I just don't. I just, it, it. The projections look like an absolute joke. Um, <laughs> I'll just say what it is. Like, it's it, it almost looks like you're just literally just going off of what Max preps, which, like, I'm sorry, but that plays in, that that's just based off wins and losses. It doesn't really show, you know, doesn't factor in strength of schedule. You know, like it's just I don't know. Yeah, the Max preps is weird because it shows. That it factors in strength of schedule, but it doesn't seem to be a very big part of it. You're you're absolutely right. So and so it's just yeah, it's you know, do you, you know, like I wonder now, like are certain teams, you know, do you just schedule how this affects your scheduling from here on moving forward? You know, hundred oh, percent. I bet there's already football teams redoing their schedules for next year and trying to. Trying to make it work so that they can line up where they think they need to be. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting. So obviously, there's a lot of basketball to be played, and um, you know, there looks like there's at least three teams we know for sure are in the open. I don't see how anything changes with St. Joe's, Clovis West, and San Juan Kimball. Yeah, I man, I I think it's I think we're on a collision course for uh, you know, a fine. Open Division Finals, Clovis West and St. Joe's. I think that's the uh, about as sure of a thing as we can we can get right now. Yeah, and then yeah, I you know it's just you know the Clovis West team right now is playing unbelievably well, and you know St. Joe's is playing unbelievably well, and I think you know that'll be the matchup everyone is looking forward to you know watching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Vance has uh. Vance has his kids really uh, playing at a high level, and man, St. Joe's. I mean, going out to Alaska, playing some high level teams out there too. That was that was pretty cool. I know they knocked off the, the top team from Colorado, and so yeah, they're uh, they're rolling, and uh, it'll be interesting. I don't think we still have an official decision yet on uh, where the where the finals will be. I know there was. You know, we've been wondering about Selen Arena, and there was a tweet. For, I know Bogard put it out there on Twitter that that Selen Arena was done. But uh, talked to Gonzo over at ESPN, and he's confirmed that it's they're still holding that hope. Nothing's official yet, so who knows? Well, who knows what will happen? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, I understand. I think both of them. There's pros and cons to both having you know hosting it extra high school and then, or, you know, like having to sell an arena, you know, there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. Um, so like having a one venue, everyone gets to watch all the games. That's pretty cool. You know, that's makes it easier, but I do like the whole, the whole cutting down the net. I think that's special. Um, if there's somehow you can incorporate both. Yeah. I, I thought about that last year too. That was a really cool thing where they were in their own gym last year. They got to cut down the net and, uh, Man, I if, go back. I say go back to selling, but just shoot, add in, build in like an extra ten minutes or something. Let them cut down the nets. Like I thought that was really cool. So, no, I agree with you. 
Yeah, there's got to be there's yeah. got to be a way to make it happen. Just order a bunch of nets and cut them down and put a new one in and play the next game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, man, it's uh, it's that time of year. It's a lot of fun. A lot of uh, a lot of big games. You know, C-Max coming down to it. Memorial's taking care of business. Um, yeah, a lot of fun right now. So I'm excited. You know, on the girls' side, one thing's for sure. Clovis West just keeps on rolling, man. They're uh, they're lights out these days. Yeah. So. No, I agree with you. They had that big win over uh, this past weekend over Oakland Tech. Yeah, yeah, I was. I meant to send a text to somebody about that, but it it seems like that Oakland Tech team was pretty strong because uh, Coles West been blowing everybody out, and they won that game. But it was like they, I think they won by six points. So yeah, the Oakland Tech team must have been pretty good. Oh yeah, it was. You know, it was pretty cool. Uh, and then I saw Toya Montgomery. She got the MVP and uh, had somebody special present her nice little player of the game. I missed this. Tell me about it. So, uh, gosh, what is this? Sabrina, the girl from Oregon. Oh, I, able to, Ionescu. Yeah, she was able to present her with the uh, her like with like a T-shirt or something like that, or ah, that's like awesome. MVP. Yeah, that's really cool. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to look that up as soon as we're done here. Man, well, uh, shoot, let's get on to this interview today. We uh, we got a fun one, episode fifty-five, and uh, it's funny. I actually. Uh, I was looking at Max Preps the other day, and I pulled up Buchanan Boys, and I clicked on the, the, the roster, and it hadn't been updated. had an old roster, and the coaching staff still oh, lists. this thing hasn't been updated. <laughs> that thing hasn't been updated in years. Yeah, it still has uh, you and our guest today, both as assistant coaches on this team. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was funny. Um, but, yeah. For uh, today's episode, we got a nice, nice chat with uh, Paul Grizzulis. Big Grizz. Yeah, he's uh, the Lithuanian man. It was a, uh, it was fun, a fun chat. He was a, uh, it was a, uh, yeah, it was fun to hear about you know the Lithuania ties there and going back and playing there and uh, you know his college days and everything there. It was a lot of fun. So. No, yeah, I always enjoy talking with Grizz, and you know, just happy that we. Uh, he was able to take the time to come on. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, man, I don't know how anybody I, – I, I just met him that day, but anybody comes out of a conversation with that man, you just got to be in a better mood. He's a, he's a fun guy. Definitely is. So we're going to get you right to that. This is episode 55 of the Off the Bench podcast, today featuring Paul Gazoulis. Let's do it. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench podcast, Jason. We're going to dive dive into some hoop talk today. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I got to meet this guy coaching basketball at Buchanan. Um, has a great story, lots of knowledge, lots of history. Um, absolutely enjoy being around him. There's not many people you come across, doesn't matter how bad your day's going, will always instantly put a smile on your face. <laughs> That's my man, Grizz. Yeah, we are blessed today. We're gonna we're gonna sit down and chat with Paul Grizzulis, and uh, we're gonna hear some hear some uh, some stories and uh, learn all about Paul today. So, how are we doing, Paul? 
doing very well. Glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm a fan of the podcast. I've listened to, I, you know, to tell you the truth, I never learned more about how technical kicking a football is than when you had Mr. Camacho <laughs> yeah. here. I could not, I was so educated. So just thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. And I'll tell you, I, I've learned more about the Valley, not being a Valley person myself, from you guys in that pod, this podcast. That's hilarious. I got a text from Jimmy Camacho just maybe eight hours ago. <laughs> yeah, good dude. No, that was a great, that was a great episode. Man, so we're we're talking hoops today, and uh, you know, you just mentioned you're you're not from the valley, so let's start there. Where where'd you come from? I am originally from the a western suburb of Detroit, in okay, Michigan. So basically, Westland, Michigan. There were only two schools in our district: Wayne Memorial and Westland, and uh, that was the great rivalry. Uh, my parents emigrated from Lithuania, so basically, you know, I. That's where it all started. They met in the Detroit area at a Lithuanian uh, camp, youth camp. And um, from there, they got married, had me, and I have uh, three brothers and sisters. Uh, we all know Lithuanian, very much like the Armenian community here, the Hmong community. Uh, we had Saturday school. And so we went from 9 to 1 on Saturdays from K, K through 12 to learn to read, write, Lithuanian history, Lithuanian language, the whole thing. So I was raised bilingual, and that does play a big role in my basketball history, amazingly enough. So, first of all, people who might not know, how tall are you, Grizz? They listed me as 6'9". Okay. So I, and I've always been 6'9". Okay. So there you have it. And I was always the tallest from kindergarten all the way up. Both my brothers behind me are 6'6", my sister is 6'3", they all played college athletics. Uh, so yeah, and now I have two nephews from that second brother behind me, 6'11", both. Oh, wow. And they one plays at Ferris State, the other plays at Grand Valley State in Michigan. So they get to knock heads against each <laughs> other and stuff, so yeah. Wow, it's all family. Oh yes. yeah, it's in the blood, it's yes. in the blood clearly. <laughs> so when, when did you uh, start hooping? When did you start playing basketball? Uh, essentially my dad played basketball when he was sitting in Germany waiting to be sponsored to get out of post-World War II Germany. Oh, so wow. basketball was always kind of a big thing. Lithuania, if folks don't know, back in 1936 won the first basketball championship. So Lithuania was kind of like the Indiana of uh, European basketball at the time. So uh, generally we started playing in our Lithuanian community, as a matter of fact, around grade school. I can't remember the exact grade, but of course we played in the driveway, me and the two brothers knocking heads, you know, in that driveway, spent a lot of time on that driveway learning the skills and just playing around and stuff. So uh, grade school, essentially, and my first official experience with basketball, junior high. They saw a 6'4 guy walking on campus as a ninth grader, and they said, you know, you need to play some basketball. Probably put you at point, right? They just let you work of on course, the handles, bring course. the ball up, uh, go to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back then it was when you're that tall. Just go on the go uh, the Stay near the basket, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Stay near the basket. <laughs> so unlike today when you got these 6'11", yeah. 7-footers launching threes, you know, from way outside and stuff. So it's been quite a history to watch basketball-wise. So you started playing basketball. You said you were 6'4 as a freshman. 
Yeah. Right. So when you so when you got into high school, were there like in Detroit? Are there certain high? Was there a certain high school you were always going to go to? Were there other high schools that maybe wanted you to come to their high school to play basketball? No, um, I really wasn't on the radar as a young basketball player. Um, you know, getting back to the Lithuanian thing, I had a whole other side of my life that was dominated on the weekend. You know, the time dominated by you know being at the Lithuanian community, being around the Lithuanian church, the Lithuanian school, the Lithuanian activities. So it wasn't a regular, what I'd call a regular high school life in a way, you know. Um, so generally, you know, you played basketball, you, uh, how can I say, other schools did not recruit. And basically it was a strict, you're in, you live in this area, you're going to that school, high school. And like I say, my district was only two schools. So you either went to Wayne Memorial or you went to Westland. And that was it. So a lot of times, right? Like being, you were first generation born, right? You were, you're both your parents. Correct. Were born with the way they came. So a lot of times, right? Education is put first over athletics. Was that ever a thing where like you sometimes maybe had to miss practices or miss basketball to go do maybe educational things or more family things or, uh, you know, it's interesting. You put that if the, that way that was it ever a thing? I'll tell you, when I was being recruited into college, I mean, my parents had no clue about scholarships for playing sports. And my dad's view was you went to school to learn things, not to play sports. Those are games, okay? And when, I was, when all of a sudden these schools started recruiting me, after only one year of high school basketball, mind you, and there's a reason for that, uh, we can get into if you guys care to hear that. But uh, basically, my dad said, no, you had promised me you're going to Wayne State University for an academic scholarship that I had received. You are not going to Eastern Michigan University to play basketball because college is for you to go to school, not to play sports. And that was the one and only argument, like where a standoff with my parents that I ever had. And it was my dad, not so much my mom. And they gave me the greatest gift from that uh, moment in my life. Because, as I say, it was a standoff. And a couple days later, my mom comes down and says, Paul, we both would prefer that you went to Wayne State. Okay? But it, we're leaving it to your decision because you're now becoming an adult and just know that whatever decision you make, we will support you to the fullest. Now, I'll tell you, that is, like I say, one of the best gifts a parent can give their child, you know? Uh, and I, I'm still, I hope I can be just half the parent <laughs> that my parents were for me. So let's go back. So Wayne State, right? That's where you had an academic. So you you have a scholarship that's taking it was is Wayne State like a more prestigious academic school yeah. in Eastern Michigan okay uh, uh, yeah I would say generally more technical and I okay. was going into science you know and such so yeah okay so you said you only played one year of high school basketball correct okay so why did you only play one year of high school basketball okay clarification you called me a freshman when I was a ninth grader back in that it was day, only three years days, correct and I was. Your first year of high school was 10th grade. Okay. So here it was. I tried out for the 10th grade team at Westland John Glenn. I had 
gotten from junior high, which was yeah. Stevenson. So tried out. But between that, that summer, between those two years, or that year, I had grown four inches. So now we're 6'8"? Correct. 6'4 to 6'8". And of course, Looking you know like how- Looking like Bambi out there. It, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Looking like Bambi. And uh, we went to the tryouts, and I went through the tryouts. My parents are seeing me coming home just totally exhausted, you know, run down. And this coach- was one of those old schoolers. I mean, drive them, drive them, drive them, and see who comes out the toughest and everything like that. And my parents were becoming a little concerned, you know. And so they called up the coach. And after that discussion, I don't know all the details and everything, but they said, you will never play for that coach again. Oh. And he was the JV coach and at that high school at Westland John Glenn. And... So I did not touch a basketball as far as Westland John Glenn was concerned for two for those two years, and I only ended up playing my senior year. During those two years that it was lapsed, for you, uh, Dan, I listened. I heard about this and learned of this in uh, a previous episode. Tennis was my game. There we go. My dad loved tennis. And he, he was the one that gave me a love for tennis. So I was playing on the tennis team. And so there you go. I was doing that. And just to finish this little part off, what kept my basketball skills fresh during that time, the driveway against my brothers, and the Lithuanian communities all have their own various mm-hmm. basketball teams that meet once a year at a North American championship in one city. So that was our big basketball center for us, and that's what kept us in in the game, you know. So that by senior year, the head co- you know the head varsity coach is looking around. Why is this six nine guy now <laughs> running around our campus and he's not playing? So he gave a call to my folks, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Grizulis, please, can you just let him play? Yeah. And th- off I went. And so one year of high school basketball. It's a good thing that JV coach was never promoted to varsity. Uh, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. That could have changed a lot of things. Oh, for sure. For sure. So did you ever have uh, offers for tennis? Uh, no. No. Never had an offer of tennis. Interestingly enough, the baseball coach wanted me to pitch that last year. And okay. he was willing to adjust 6'9 guy, you know, and everything. Lefty. He had been playing tennis all this time. I I had been playing tennis since I was eight years old. I even played on the junior high club team. But so I had a strong shoulder, he figured. And he was willing to work around, you know, my tennis, uh, my tennis. And see, another kind of small. Could have been the big unit. You could have been. What do you think? Literally, I, I looked at Randy Johnson and I said, that could have been me. Yeah. I even tried out after I moved to California. I tried out open tryouts at uh, Loyola Marymount for the pros because people had told me, you ought to just give it a try. <laughs> crazy, crazy, I'm telling you. It's all over the place. Well, I want to know, how was the serve in the, on the tennis court? That That is my big weapon. Yeah, I mean, it's at your height. Yes, and it my height not only was a big reason for the basketball, but the tennis also. I actually met my wife and how the Valley sucked me in. I came down here for an NTRP USDA tournament on uh, Clovis Tennis Club's uh, uh, May Day tournament. There we go. And I met my wife, who was a part of that club, on the Buchanan tennis courts. 
Nice. So that's how I ended up getting into the valley. <laughs> so you ever clock how fast you serve? I tried once, and you go to the, some clinic or something, yeah. and no, never clocked. You were given five serves, but they had to be in gotcha. to count. So I never was able to put one, you know, by the fifth serve, yeah. you got to put it in. So I had to put just, in the second one, so yeah. I never found out exactly how fast. I imagine you put a, little, a lot of torque behind those things. Oh, yeah. No, no. That was what <laughs> – I still remember to this day, the day my dad at that small park in Westland – he told me, Paul, keep, keep your eyes on the ball and swing at the serve. And I, like I say, just like yesterday, I still see that ball up in the air, and I whacked it, and the thing took off, and I said, that was cool. <laughs> and from there on, you know, I, every Saturday morning we'd go, we'd hit and everything, and then it just went on from there with tennis. Like John Isner. You don't see very many 6'10", 6'9". Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yep, yep, yep. So, you know. Okay, so your <laughs> senior year, mm-hmm. you still playing tennis? Yes. You're playing basketball now? Yes. You thought about playing baseball? Yeah, but dad's dad thought I'd kill somebody. So, okay. he laid down that he laid down the hammer on that one okay. and said, "You can pl-, he met me kind of compromised. Yeah. He goes, "You can play one or the other, but not both." Okay, between well, basketball and baseball. Yeah. I'm the captain of the tennis team yeah. and f- Three years under my belt, they are they're relying on yeah. me to play first singles, so I, I, there was that wasn't a choice. Okay, so you're playing basketball. So what what were your numbers like your senior year of high school? Twenty two points a game, fourteen rebounds uh, per game, and uh, we're gonna have a couple blocks up in there, Grace. Uh, yeah, I don't. I never had the blocks numbers. I could I I could look them up. I okay. guess. Okay. Okay. We had one guy, a press guy, that just loved Westland John yeah. basketball, and God rest his soul, he he just loved. It's great to have a guy like yeah. that that's at your school, you know, and he, yeah. he could be how old, but he just loves the high school, loves the athletes, and loves numbers, and he just keeps those things. So I have a pamphlet there with. Okay, so did you guys have a three point line when you played no, in high school? No, no three point line, no three point line. It was all twos. What about a shot clock? Uh, no, yeah. no shot clock. This is way back. I, I am the class of 83. Okay. Just to give everyone a point of reference. Okay. So. so was there like, and obviously I feel like Norm, uh, Norman, what is it? Norman, what's the, uh, Hoosiers coach name? Norman Dow, Norman Daly. What is the, you got me. You I got can't me. think of his name, but right. So we're talking about like, was there like a thing where you had to make so many passes? Uh, no, but the closest thing that I ever ran into that, in that day and age, when I was playing in college, Valparaiso okay. made a point. There was a shot clock uh, in the middle of my span at Eastern. Normandale, that's his name. Okay, <laughs> there you go. They made a point of keep holding the ball for a minimum of 35 seconds. Okay. I literally saw people on the, his team pass up open layups and kick it out because – 35 seconds had not passed on the on the shot clock. And so, you know, he, he wanted to tire out and get yep. the defense fed up until there was an opening, and there you go. And by the fourth quarter, you know, you wear them down like that. Yep. They're sick and tired of playing defense all the time, and they give up. So did you have a preference? Were you, because you're a lefty, do you prefer more the right block than the left block, or does it not matter? Like, do you No, the left block. 
The left block just, I had a left set. handed. You just like want to drop set? No. Interesting you bring that up. My shot, guys, was the hook shot. The classic Kareem Abdul Jabbar hook shot. And uh, the sad, you know, now that after all these years you look at it, and it's interesting that your questions see drop step. And through my college career, that kind of, it's a great shot. It was a forgotten shot, but that was my go to shot. And sadly, though, in this day and age, getting the foul or the basket is paramount and what coaches notice. A hook shot runs away from the contact. Contact. And I I can't tell you how many times you get blasted down low, but the focus is on the ball that's way up here, and so you never get the foul. And so then the coach, you know, the ball's balance. going. Yep. yep, the ball's going the other way, and the coaches are going. Well, shoot, man, you know, great try, but we didn't get a foul. We didn't yep. get the shot, you know. So yeah, but that was my go-to shot. Learned it from my dad, as a matter of fact. Nice. So, yeah. So senior year, twenty-two, <clears throat> twenty-two points, fourteen rebounds a game. How quickly did the recruiting start? Uh, basically, I would say the month. Before the season ended, yeah, because I was a late bloomer. Yeah, I wasn't even on the radar, guys. All I know. Well, you only played one year of high school exactly. basketball. Grade. There's not many people. <laughs> then, then they're like, "We got a six nine guy out here. He's only played one year of high school basketball." Uh, I'm not gonna go run down the street to go see what this kid looks like. <laughs> very true, very true. But you know, the first indication was when all of a sudden these uh, a ton of these Division two letters started showing up in the mailbox. And such, and um, so that was the first indication. Michigan Tech, okay, uh, you know Michigan Techs, all the GLIAC schools, Ferris State, uh, you know uh, that uh, Michigan Tech was the most aggressive at that point. Getting Lake Superior, yeah, there was some Lake Superior. I remember another letter from Grinnell out in okay. Iowa. Um, I also had applied, you know, or somehow got a letter for an academic scholarship from Cornell, but and I heard that also I could probably get on there. Nice. Uh, I had applied to U of M. And I'll tell you guys, there, there's a part of me that I loved my time at Eastern Michigan. Qu- what a experience. Yeah. But I sometimes wonder, man, if I had just tried to walk on at U of M, and that was that was right on the cusp of the Fab Five yeah. coming on. Well, don't disrespect yeah. Glenn Rice, okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> don't disrespect Glenn. Glenn Rice actually won a national championship. Glenn Rice. Oh, I'm not disrespecting. I'm regretting. You would have been closer to Glenn Rice than you yeah. would have than you would have been the Fab Five. I'm just throwing that out. You no, no. graduated in '83. No, no, you're I'm right. Just, no, it was. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you'd have been um, sent some nice screens for Glenn Rice. You could have been sent yeah, some nice screens yeah, exactly, for Glenn Rice. Exactly. Exactly. But still, uh, U of M's a great school. You know. I mean, they. We were always the. We were always the littler school. Yeah. I mean, the schools are down the same road, Washtenaw Avenue, less than ten minutes apart. Oh, I did not know that. Oh yeah, and I mean, literally, Washtenaw Avenue pulls up, our, the, drives through the middle of our campus, and then continues on to Ann Arbor westward, and it goes right up to Chrysler Arena. Did not know that. Oh yeah. Well, here's another quick fact, Jason. We played Michigan, that Michigan team. We had Grant Long and his cousin, um, who was the other forward on that team? Uh, not Glenn Rice. Uh, that was Grant Long's cousin. We played that team. You can go to Chrysler Arena now and see largest victory point disparity with an opponent. 60 
three points we lost to them. Should have got more touches, Grace. You should have got more touches. Should have got more touches. That was, hey, that was our championship year, my last year there. So we had that go on, and yet we went on to win our first MAC championship, went on to win, uh, get into the NCAA the first time the school did. Oh, yeah. It, it was, like I say, it was an amazing experience. Okay, so did, did uh, like Detroit or Detroit Mercy ever recruit you? No, no, no. As far as I recall, no. Okay. They did not. So none of the, they, none, none they were, of the it was still U of D. Okay. Before it was U of D Mercy. Okay, so yeah. the hometown school, huh? Just passing no, up on not the 6-9. really. If they did, I didn't I don't remember. But were they, you know, how are they academically? Oh, U of D Mercy. My dad got his tech, you know, his associates okay. from U of D. No, they're they're reputable. They got a long lineage of not just basketball with Vitel yeah. and all that, but they they're reputable. Okay. They're reputable. You know, uh Eastern you're, it seems like that's where you're trying to f- explore. Eastern's mainly a teaching school and okay. business school, you know. So it wasn't like, you know, Wayne State, which yeah. is more science research school, yeah. you know. So that's no, that I, makes sense though too. Like I'm starting to put it all together because you're right. Obviously, you're you know first generation. Mm-hmm. Education is stressed. It does, you know, it doesn't matter what you come from. First generation, you're the first generation born. Academics is always stressed on those first generation born school is for going to school not playing games and so i can understand why your parents you know like it's it sounds like eastern michigan is more like a liberal arts liberal studies school right whereas right where these other schools are tech and i can see Mm -hmm. research schools where the profs need to i mean they do that at eastern but not to the but they're not as known as exactly and i can see why your parents now i can okay i understand why your parents and yet it is still the third largest university in michigan behind uh u of m and state yeah so you know, it's big, but it's just, uh, you know, I always tell people when they want a comparison of Eastern, yeah. where he, it stands athletically and such, you have UCLA, you go up the 401 to CSUN, that was Eastern and U of M. Okay. Same kind of thing. So I didn't know EMU was bigger than Central Michigan. I always assumed Central Michigan was bigger than Eastern uh, Michigan. Back then, Eastern Michigan was okay. the third largest. So okay. Yeah, yeah. So was it was it just more – we're going to go to Eastern Michigan or we're going to the Wayne State or are there any other schools like basketball-wise that oh, you – Oh, interesting little story Okay, here. this is what I love about Grizz. So we'll, we'll pick up off where Dan asked about the recruiting. So I was getting all these letters, right? And here it is. My last uh, couple of games, a small guy comes into – they say, hey, you know, Paul, there's a coach here that wants to talk to you. He's from Siena College. Small cool school with Albion, Hope, all these schools, NAIA. Small blonde guy, kind of looks a little nerdy stuff, but he's there, gives his spiel. And I go, great coach, great coach, okay? The next game is my our final district game against Can- Canton High School, Plymouth Canton. And lo and behold, I have the best game of my career. 32 points, you know, played well. We ended up falling, but, you know, being defeated, but still had a great game. I hear in the locker room that Eastern Michigan, the coach was up in the stands. He's willing to give you a full ride scholarship right now. He didn't even come in the locker room. Okay. So how do those two tie together? (laughs) In college, that coach, uh, Jim Boyce, okay, played for Northwestern, Detroit Northwestern, 
Limage. Like his nickname was Diamond Jim, and he had that look and everything. Like great guy, loved him, man. He cared about. Sounds the like a hell of a recruiter when your yeah. name is Diamond Jim. Yeah, sounds yeah. like a hell of a recruiter. Oh, he was, and he was an <laughs> impressive figure, tall guy and everything. And uh, that or the mafia, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so here it is. Halfway through my career at Eastern, he resigns, and the assistant takes over, Ben Braun who was that Siena College coach trying to recruit you? Recruit me. That worked out well so, for you. So, well, yeah, it did. And, and you know, I mean, it was just interesting. And that's the same Ben Braun that en- ended up out here in California yeah. coaching uh, uh, Cal when yeah. Bozeman left. Yep. So, yeah. So it all came around. Here I moved to California, and now Ben Braun's kind of following me around. <laughs> I'm not saying he's stalking me, but I just say it. It was yeah. just funny how life – paths of people you know come together so yeah so when you when you actually make that decision to go to eastern michigan uh you know your parents had come around and they had decided you Mm -hmm. know you can make that that choice was it still tough on them or how did that were they they fully on board at that point they were fully on board and and i'll tell you you know my dad who is, is you know as it sounds so rigid about the sports well like i say four kids they all ended up playing college basketball. Yeah. He quickly understood, whoa, I don't have to pay for yeah. college. Yeah. Okay. An academic scholarship and athletic scholarship. As long as the school's paid for, <laughs> yeah. it's good. As long as it ain't coming out of my pocket. Exactly. So quick education for my dad there. Yeah. And there you have it. Uh, no, they came to my games, They, you know, and when they could and stuff, uh, and, which was often, but not every game, yeah. of course. I'll tell you the happiest moment I had. My grandfather, my mom's dad, I turned around after during one game, and he was up in the stands. And I said, holy, that was one. you got to understand, my grandfather never came to any of our games. He had no interest. So I have a question. Engineer so he, from Lithuania. Did I was saying, did he move, so did he move with your parents? Yes. When, okay, because yes. I was going to, when you said that, I was like, was he, I didn't know if he was well, always in your life or he'd been in Lithuania and then oh, moved from. Oh, no, no, from, no, no, no. He, basically, my mom's family came separate. She was an only child. Yep. They were sponsored by a family in Washington, D.C. That's how they got a post-War War II Germany. My dad was spon- uh, was sponsored just by himself to work on the railroad in Australia. The government sponsored him to get out, get him out of there. They met in Michigan, so they were two separate, you and that's know. usually where they, well, where they meet is usually where they put the roots down. And there you go. And so, yeah, so when, uh, you know, they, my grandparents that we're talking about lived in Chicago. After my uh, grandmother died, my grandfather moved, well, they both moved close to Detroit. Yeah just to be closer to us. And then eventually when he, uh, she died, my grandmother, grandpa moved in with us. Nice. And he just, he just wasn't a sports guy. Yeah. He wasn't, it wasn't his bag, you know, and he's a senior and stuff. So he usually stayed home, did his thing. But then when I turned around that night and saw him at that game, I was like, wow, what, I mean, what an honor yeah. for me. Like, geez, he had never come to any high school games yeah. of all four of us, as far as I know. And there he is in the stands. I was. He's like, I don't waste my time with these high school games. When they, <laughs> when they play in college, when they get that scar, then I'll come check them out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was, that was a moving moment in my college career, too. You know, it's those small things that sometimes can mean so much. No, but yeah, like, I imagine, too, like, in his eyes, right? This is what this is like the American dream. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to come out of Lithuania, everything that's going on with Lithuania at these times, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have the whole 
Cold War is going on. Yep. And then for you to be in the United States, right, first generation, you're playing college athletics, which, and you know, in the United States, that's a big thing. And like, oh yeah, you've integrated into you know American because we we don't want to go political, but we know how Amer- like you United States are with foreign people, right? Like. No, true, true. But you know what I'm saying? But you're, you know what I'm saying? Like you, this is, I imagine he looked at it and this, this is what I wanted for my family and we're living the American dream. It, in light of the choice that they had being back yeah. there, definitely, definitely. And, it, you know, like I say, it was an education for my parents. It was an education for him, you know, and and it was quite an adventure. I, you know, I, you mentioned that whole Cold War thing. I still remember sitting around the dinner table and my grandfather literally thought that he would always complain having read the paper and stuff. Why do the Americans tell us about the new weaponry they're coming out with and everything like that? It, we're going to we're gonna get in a war and we're going to lose to them and we're going to see t- Russian tanks coming down <laughs> Michigan Avenue and stuff, you know, and everything like this. Yeah, he always thought, why are they giving away all the secrets and stuff? <laughs> so it was just hilarious, you know. Yeah, good times at the, uh, the table, <laughs> you know. But it is interesting, you know, he, it was great to be, I, I think, it, I tell my kids when I teach, I'm substitute teaching again, and I, I tell them, you know, the greatest gift they can give to their grandparents right now, you know, I'm a history teacher, I love history, you know, even though my degree was in chemistry, and early career all in chemistry, but I, I tell the kids in the history classes, I go, you know, the history you get here in this classroom is just a frame around the really important history. Mm-hmm. Which is your history, your family's history. And I go, the greatest gift you can probably give to your grandparents, because they usually figure, I'm at the end of my days, no one really cares about me. You see them sitting there alone at the family parties probably and stuff. And just walk up and ask them, so Grandpa, what was high school like for you? Or ask them to tell you their story of how they became came into Fresno or wherever they're at. Because let me tell you, what old person doesn't like talking about their story? What yeah. person doesn't? Yeah. And you'll you'll give them such a gift that you're at least you're showing that you care, mm-hmm. you know. And so I I really tell those kids, learn your history. Go ask those people before they're gone how you became who you are. Just real quick offshoot. What, my greatest gift was before my dad died of colon cancer. You know complications from colon cancer, it metastasized the liver. Um, he told me the story of how they came out of Lithuania. And without going into details, if they hadn't pulled out of their town within 30 seconds of when they did, I would not be here. They would have been caught behind the Russian troops, behind the Iron Curtain, and my parents never would have met. You find such details yeah. out, by, and the only way you can is by asking and hearing those stories, you know? You ain't going to learn that in no so, history book. Uh, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, getting a little bit off of the basketball That's scene. That's all right. But, but the whole but This Lithuania is your story. Thing. This is what makes it great. Because well, we're going to go back to Lithuania down here. <laughs> we're going to end up back in Lithuania. I know that much. Hey, you got Arvid the Sabonis, <laughs> Sharunas Marcelonis. Don't tell me Lithuania didn't have an impact on American yeah. basketball, you know, and world basketball. I still take pride in the fact that when the Soviets beat uh, uh, the Americans in Korea, Four of those starters were Lithuanians, yep. and the sixth man was an Estonian. 
So go Baltic states, yeah. baby. There you go. <laughs> hey, the Baltic Baltic is well represented in well represented in the NBA right now. There you go. Very well represented. Well, it's great to see that the game has come to where yeah. it's a world. Uh, it really is a world game, you know. Uh, other than soccer, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's just great to see that trend. You know that progression. All right, so let's go back to Eastern Michigan. Yeah. All right, so you talked about your senior year. Mm. That was your guys' first year winning. The MAC championship. Yeah, you guys go to the NCAA tournament. Correct. So, what is that like being a part of history at yeah. Eastern Michigan? Oh, exciting times, man! I mean, really exciting times. And that's not to say there weren't challenges. I mean, early in the year, we went to yeah, the we, show. we we heard about the Michigan game, so yeah, we know there, there was challenges. You go. <laughs> hey, hey, tell tell me about it. Here you go. Show me classic. We play eighth rated Missouri in their tournament early in the season, losing triple overtime. You know, here it is, lowly Eastern, nearly beats the eighth-rated team in the nation. Yeah. Then we have that big loss, 63-pointer, you know, and interesting enough, they were playing the California Bowl against San Jose State, and there's ESPN. We're sitting in our restaurant as a team, and having just come down Washington Avenue, back to the Tower Inn, you know, to watch the game. You know, hey, football team's yeah. in the California Bowl. And all of a sudden, on the you know, you hear, you hear the announcers going, Hey, yeah, Eastern really doing it up. They ended up winning. They go, wow, they're doing really great. And then all of a sudden down there on the marquee, the, the they thicker. give us our score. And they go, ooh, but the mission, the basketball <laughs> team didn't show up today. And we're like all hiding our faces in that restaurant and everything. So you got that. Yeah. But we ended up Central, Dan Marley Central team. That was his senior year, too. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Ron Harper was my first two years there, Miami of Ohio. So okay. It was that era. Oh, that's a nice. Kenny Battle, North Air, Northern Illinois. A lot of great talent in that MAC league, you know, back then, even now. But um, generally, we, I only, as a captain, me and Grant Long were the captains on the team. I only held one team meeting that whole year. And it was our first league game during the Christmas vacation season. We were playing the Chippewas in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Okay. And they had won the league the previous year. So is Dan Marley on this team still? Yeah. Thunder Dan? Yep. And interestingly enough, those earlier years and that previous year, Dan, 6'6", workhorse in the paint. Ron Harper and those guys would come off the floor having – gotten uh, put up 36 or something looked like they could play another game dan would come off the floor having been in the paint guaranteed two points or the foul every time but he the guy had gone through the ringer right? i don't know if you've seen dan marley now the man can barely walk oh really his knees look shot are you serious yeah his like oh. his body is taking a beat well interesting i i owe dan marley and that program of the central a great a big thank you why? That final year, I guess Dan and the coaches there decided to let him start shooting from the outside. So they took him away from the paint and guaranteed scores. And so here it was. I called that one and only team meeting to tell these guys and make them aware. You realize it's Christmas time. This gym will not be packed with a lot of Central Michigan fans. I go, if we can jump on this team here and now against the defending champs, everyone's going to be chasing our tail, and we'll turn heads. And that's exactly what happened. We, had, we went down to Ohio U, just another quick story, 
you know, when you're leading the league and stuff, everyone's after you, right? We Gotta go had, play the Bobcats. Yeah, we had coins thrown at us because it was <laughs> Halloween, and they party in Athens, Ohio on Halloween <laughs> night. Great arena and everything. What an atmosphere. But the game had to be stopped two or three times because they had thrown coins at our bench and everything. Our one guard uh, uh, had, you know, his – eyebrow cut from one of those things so it was you know it was battle in there in the mac but uh, yeah we went on went on to win the league title got the first seed ended up winning the tournament which is the one that's yeah. prized really because that gives you the automatic bird who'd you guys play in the the mac championship the game? mac championship was uh i believe gosh man i can't remember uh, I think it was Ball State, if I have it right. Okay. It's in the books. You can Google okay. it. I, you know, but I, I just remember I'll, yeah. cutting down the nets and such. So you know. They're in Gary, Indiana, I believe, right? Ball State, yeah. Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, no, they're in Muncie, Indiana. Muncie, Indiana. Okay. Which is, it's a little closer, I, I believe, not to Gary, but okay. to Notre Dame. Okay. So yeah, so you know, there you have it. You know, that was. You know, and that was the era of David Rivers, too, speaking of Notre Dame and such. Uh, we didn't play him that – well, no, we, I believe we did. And I'll tell you, I scored eight points in the first half. I had a buddy of mine, my uh, a relative, listening out on Long Island, New York. They were comparing me to George Mikan. Okay. I threw in two – well, just to give you an idea of what my hook shot was like, they I scored two left-handed hook shots and a right-handed right-hander. Yeah. And they were calling me Mikan. But you want to know, after that half, I was the leading scorer. Didn't play one minute the rest of the game. Whoa, coach, put the handcuffs on you. What happened? What'd you do? You had to do something. My best understanding of that situation. And like I say, full of challenges, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, every athlete questions his coach's decisions sometimes. Uh, he came up to me three different times in the locker room on the bus, on the way out to the bus, to apologize. And what he told me was he had decided to go with speed, more speed, and that's what we went. We ended up losing to uh, Rivers' team, David Rivers' Notre Dame team, in overtime at their place. Wait, wait, so you were the leading scorer for the team in the first half. Were you guys winning at the time? Uh, I, can't, I can't recall. But it was probably it a was close tight. game. We were it was it. a tight game, and so then he decides we're just going to go with speed the whole second half, yeah, and in overtime, and you guys yeah. lose. Yeah. Feed the big man. This, uh, I hey, you I'm know, calling him George Mike and two point I know you go with the coach. You know, the coach made the decision, wow. and he clearly, I, I got a sense, felt bad about that decision. You know, who knows what his staff was telling? You know, it is a is question said, mark. This is Coach Brown, who uh, ended yes, up at Cal. Yes, that's why yes. he didn't last at Cal very yes. long. Couldn't beat, <laughs> couldn't beat Montgomery at Stanford. But, <laughs> <laughs> Making these dumb, dumb decisions. But but here it is. I'll, I'll just. We can move on, but the last thing about that game, I will tell you, I scored those points, but on the defensive side, uh, uh, regarding my career, I never was able to put on weight. Yep. And as we just spoke about you know, a couple minutes earlier, they wanted big guys down in the paint. I was matched up against uh, this guy's name. last name was Blue. He played with Doc Rivers on the Notre Dame team. I have never felt more physically outclassed in my life. I was on the defense trying to front him, get around him. He's a wide body and stuff. I was, kid you not, guys, 
I was praying to God they didn't give him the ball because there was <laughs> nothing I would have been able to do. You know, I was a tall, lanky, you know, I only went up to 215 by my senior year. Oh, wow. But at this time, I was only playing two at 202, 69. Oh, my. And with no jump shot, no real drive to the basket move. I just had that hook shot, some strength, a little bit. But you were yeah. a twig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my nickname on the high school team, uh, because I was so twiggy, I wasn't able to make the official picture day, so I had to take it later. They just put a pencil on? And they took it. Well, no. They <laughs> took, <laughs> man, that's, that's cold. <laughs> that's cold. But, but I, I love you. <laughs> but here it is. They took it after a practice in my practice jersey. The going joke at my school, I looked so gaunt and so underweight. You know, no offense by this nickname, but kids will be kids. They called me Auschwitz because oh, I looked like I was wow. about to board the train. Wow. Or had just gotten. That's yeah, messed up. Because I was that skinny That's and gone. Up. Kids, kids That's will be kids. Up. You know, it is what it is. But yeah, they, they knew you were they Lithuanian too. About that picture. They knew you were a Lithuanian. Well, they too. did, but they. How much Lithuanian history? They don't know anything. You know, I mean, it, it was. You just take it and move on, you know, and stuff. So hold but, on. Yeah. First of all, you're playing. In college at 6'9", like 200 pounds. Yeah. How are you not quick? How are you not quick, Gris? How are you not fast? Uh, I, I, I could mean, offer some... I, <laughs> you mean to tell me a 250 guy's beating you down the floor? Or just no, than no, 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 no. Oh, okay. That, no. Okay. I didn't say he was beating me down the floor. I'm saying when we got... When we were in the paint battling yeah. for position and such... That's when I was physically outclassed. No, as a matter of fact, during my career, we went to Lithuania. The Lithuanian folks had decided to put an all-star team together to go to Lithuania behind the Iron Curtain and play against Sharunas, their club team, yeah. in Vilnius, the capital city which he played for, uh, um, Sabonis against Konas Zalgiris, which was the champion at that time. So we went over there and... I had a lot of games where I was able to get out on the wing and just okay. you know run the floor, you know, right. aka you know Pippin and that, yeah. you know, I, and and such. So, you know, you figure out after a while, I can do better. You know, it's a matter yeah. of maximizing what you have, you know, and minimizing your weaknesses, and that that was it. So, yeah, I, I could move, <laughs> but you know, when it came pound for pound, you know, I'll tell you, as I look back on that whole career of mine, basketball. That was my biggest uh, debil debilitating thing yeah, as far just, as uh, just couldn't put on the weight with all the yeah. weight, you know, weightlifting and such. Yeah. Just couldn't do it. Okay, so you know, the NCAA tournament, you guys make the NCAA tournament. Yep. At that time, was it still 32 teams? No. Was it 64 it at that? It was 64. Okay. Yeah, they didn't have the two ex the four extra. In yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't 60. know if it was still 32 at those times or if it was no, it had no, bumped no, up no. to 64. No, not okay. that. Okay. I don't I, Not that old, Jay. I, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> All right, who'd you guys play in the first round? We played uh Pittsburgh, Jerome uh, Lane, Charlie Smith, Sean Miller? Sean Miller's throw it down, Jerome, oh, throw it down. Was that that that, that team? Jerome Lane. Yes. He's out here breaking backboards? Correct. Okay. Correct. So what seed were you guys? 15. Oh, yeah. So That's why, seed. hey, the Mac the never gets seed. high seeds. Playing the two recently. seed. Yeah, exactly. That's not, it's not you guys he's throwing it down on, right? I've actually never really paid attention no, to who drove no, 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 no,
Uh, I just don't want to see you on that video, Grizz, because they show that every year. You yeah, know what I'm saying oh, I, I don't, know, I don't want, uh, you, I don't no. want to see my man Grizz just getting disrespected like no, that. No, not that okay, one. not that one. But uh, and we played out at Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay, you know, first round, and you know it, it was interesting. I was on that airplane, still remembering. Okay, this is just another game and everything. Like, but I'll tell you guys, and all you athletes listening out there, boy, if you are ever blessed to make it to the tournament, you know any NCAA final like win or go home tournament man i love tournament time because of that but boy you're thinking oh it's just another basketball game and you're thinking who the heck in lincoln nebraska would care about a game between pittsburgh and eastern michigan but man you walk out on that court for your warm-up the day before they click on the clock that's how much time you have to practice yep. and shoot around and you walk out the ncaa emblems on yep. the court and you see all the other teams waiting for their slot and you that's when you realize wow this yep. is a big deal and and then you play the game and I'll tell you those guys from Nebraska they have their team and they're screaming bloody murder for their team to win you know it was just just the excitement you get caught up in the wave you know and then Add to it that, you know, it's your school's first time there. Yeah. You know, the whole prep to get there and how the school's all behind you. You put the school on the map in a way for the first time. Oh, man, like I say, I, I was at Eastern when we only had 500 people in the gym. The only voice you could hear was mine screaming from the bench. <laughs> it echoed in yeah. Bowen Fieldhouse. Right now they have a convocation yeah. center and everything. But it was tremendous, and I, I I went from that to where the house was packed to the gills, and just that excite. Oh, it was tremendous. As I say, you know, I, I wish that experience on all young athletes that they have that opportunity to experience that because it was a great gift for me. How close was that game? It actually was okay. rather close. Okay, but interestingly enough. Um, it was close, and then it got down to fouling and yeah, stuff. And so we, sorry we ended up out. having to lose by 12 or okay. 14, but we were tight. What killed us, guys, we we weren't known for our pressing, but pressing was a big part of our game. And we had a freshman who had to cut that initial slash, and he didn't cut it off. He was our best three-point shooter. That's why okay. he started. But that initial slash, they dumped it into there, and basically it's a three-on-one. Yep. You got – you got Charlie Smith, Jerome Lane, Sean Miller coming at Grant Long. Okay. Okay, because they broke the press. Yep. And real quick, you know, Grant was put in a tough position. But I'll tell you, that coach of Pitt, he realized real quick, if, if we can get Grant into foul trouble, yep. we decapitate this team, it's over. And that's literally what they happened. When they didn't break that press, they just brought it up. They – Passed it around until Charlie Smith was open. He had 6'10 on, on Grant yep. Long's 6'8. Just dumped it into him. Charlie made his move. Grant was stuck with three fouls with like five minutes left, you know, in the first or something. And there it is. We're yeah. without our best player. And we battled, but it's just not enough. No, and that's the thing so. is the smaller schools just don't have the depth. That's usually, you know, the difference between Amen. the Power Five and, you know, the other smaller Amen. schools is just – the depth is really what gets you. The starting fives are usually pretty much balanced, yeah. but then it's the depth is really where 
Mm-hmm. They get separated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Definitely that was the case there. And no truer words <laughs> spoken, Jason. So before we wrap up the college days here real quick, uh, let's go back just a little bit. Sure. For a guy that only played one year of high school basketball, what was that transition like into the, into the college game? Oh, my. It, and especially for someone like me, you know, whose parents and the whole exposure was, yeah. you know, it's all new. I mean, and it was quite a change. I mean, I'll tell you, uh, we had four white guys on that whole team. And I'll tell you, I'll be the first to admit, I was a sheltered suburban white boy. All right. And not that I, you know, not that my parents were racist or kept us away or anything like that. But, you know, when you're so insulated by being a part of this Lithuanian. Yeah. You're just around other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just doing what everyone else is doing. And that's all you really know as well. Exactly. And so here I show up in the locker room. And, you know, it's all these guys who have been living, breathing, you know, basketball and such. And basically, you just, you contribute what you can contribute, you know, and you keep your head low. You know, you, you I, I always understood, you know, you're the new guy, you know, and you don't ruffle feathers. And so, sadly, we did have one guy like that. Yeah. He was a walk-on, and mm. he tweaked so many feathers Oh, my gosh, I'll never forget this. It was so sad. He, you know, he felt he could talk on the court, yap it up with all these guys who had been around the campus, yeah. you know, on the program. They gave him one of those ice bag showerings, if you want to call mm-hmm. that. And it was basically, we're, we come in from practice, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm noticing a lot of ice bags in the locker room, you know, in people's lockers. And, you know, here an example of how naive I was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting, and all of a sudden the lights went out, and there this guy, you just hear this guy, ouch, 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 and all the ice bags piled up next to him as he's got, you know, yeah. well, you know, being hit by these bags yeah. and stuff. Because he had tweaked so many people. Yeah. He didn't understand, you know? That's when you, you're a you're, walk-on. No, you're... Hey, that's you know. when you're happy your locker's not next to his. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Speaking of which, my locker was next to Fred Cofield, who had played with Oregon Ducks that freshman year. Fred was the glue. He came in. He was from Ypsilanti High, which is where Eastern Michigan was. So here he, he comes Hometown back. Hometown hero. Oh, yeah. And what a personality. I have never met a more extroverted, happy guy in my life. And this guy really made, like I told you, how he gave me my nickname and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was always, an ex, you know, who are you and stuff. He was very welcoming, very, he was a great guy. He ended up playing with the Patron. He got drafted by Hubie Brown's Knicks in okay. the third round in his senior year. He, I played two years with him. And uh, he then went on to the Patroons, had a career there in the CBA and stuff. And and now he's, I believe, back into, uh, he, I think he's in Florida somewhere. Okay, But... Uh, but yeah, great guy, and he he was kind of my he liked me, and so when you got the head guy liking, yeah, you, makes life you know, easy. It makes life easy, <laughs> and I liked him because I'm extroverted. Yeah. I think you know, and and stuff. So he he was a great person to meet. You so, know, you run across. It's a good person to get under their wing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And wow, the things he could do with a basketball—it was tremendous. I, you know, I mean. There were nights, literally, he knew there were scouts in the stands, and he put on a show. I mean, he did this one thing. I'll never forget, Grant Long, freshman. (laughs) 
in the paint waiting for the ball is Fred's bringing it up the right side right in front of our our uh, our bench and literally Fred took the ball behind his back shifted his body so his back was facing the the post where Grant was yeah and he took his elbow and went pass it back like with his this, elbow passed it back with his elbow Grant it came into his hands, hit his hands right where it had to hit. Yeah. He dropped it because he didn't expect it. Wasn't expecting it. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we just all saw it. What the yeah. heck? Oh, it was tr- tremendous. Oh, yeah, it was great to see the talent, you know, f- of Fred play. And like I said, there were moments he – that's what, you know, these guys that are good, oh, man, they bring it to a level yeah. that is – People go, so, you know, I just substituted on Friday and I had kids, so why didn't you play pro? (laughs) You know, and I I told them I had one scout, I just looking for somebody. That was the closest I got to the pros. But, you know, the youth doesn't understand how talented, how talented, and how easy. I don't think people realize how easy the pros make it. Oh, well, it makes it just Jason. I was watching Fred Cofield. The guy that was the best te- guy on our team, New York Knicks versus Isaiah Thomas's Pistons. He best ball handler I ever knew to that point. Go up the floor against Isaiah Thomas and get his pocket picked three times by Isaiah Thomas. I was like, that's when it hit me. Yeah. The level of talent. Yep. You know, when I saw this guy that I thought was God's, you know. God's gift to dribbling yeah. and get his pocket picked by Isaiah. It was, whoa, mind blow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> reality check, <laughs> you know. So there you go. All right. So your career, in, your career ends yeah. at Eastern Michigan. Yeah. So what, what was the plan after playing basketball at Eastern Michigan? I assume you got your degree yep. as well. Uh, chemistry and double majored, interestingly enough, guys, uh, those that go to college, NCAAs, you know, Really check out what the NCAA is willing to do for you because I didn't have one chemistry class left. I, I had one left. And according to the, the NCAA, they were willing to pay for a full year. So I went for a full year, even though I only needed one chemistry class, to get my history degree, something I really love. Oh, nice. And so I double ma- ended up leaving there double majored. My best buddy from college who had moved to California invited me out, and boom, I'm in California. And I ended up working at aerospace. Uh, Rocketdyne down there in the west end of the San Fernando Valley, uh, playing in actually when the riots were going on in LA. I actually saw a, a CVS drugstore get going up in flames that I had made a copy because I was playing basketball in the South Central leagues down there. And I literally saw the CVS where I printed out the league schedule burned to the ground <laughs> just it was sad sad granted but uh, it's just interesting so yeah uh he invited him out to work to aerospace for 15 years in socal ended up falling in love with a girl that took me up to norcal uh was there for a while got back into aerospace up in sacramento that's when tennis kind of took over i actually ended up uh you know tennis was the big game after i did that stint with basketball i was coaching in socal crespi carmelite go celts <laughs> under dick dornan great guy great coach he works now for the cif down in socal um actually interesting story about coaching in socal i 
was laid off. I volunteered for layoff down at uh, Rocketdyne because I had decided I wanted to be a Roman Catholic priest or at least discern that calling. Well, they're out in Cam- the seminaries out in Camarillo, California. All right. Well, here it is, six nine guy and stuff like that. <laughs> and there's the small little Catholic school. If you drive by that exit, Mary Magdalene School. Ended up coaching their little elementary school team. Lo and behold, I find out that one of the kids' mothers is Jerry Buss's daughter. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. She gave me, she said, Paul, whatever tickets you want to an L.A. Laker game, they're yours. Well, of course, I asked, I looked up when Grant Long was coming in with his uh, uh, Miami, no, Miami team. He was still playing for Miami, and I went that day. It was Valentine's Day that year That's and awesome. stuff. So, yeah, oh, man, it was great. I got down there before in the press room where all the press is waiting before the game starts. We saw the Black Widow, that Asian pool champion down there, and there's Jerry all sitting at the head table and, you know, hobnobbing and stuff. And then after the game, went to the locker room, got into the Laker locker room, then got into, then waited for Grant and stuff. They didn't have us, they didn't want anyone in their locker room, but I met Grant after the game and in his, at his hotel and everything. And, oh yeah, it was, and, and just a quick byline on that. Uh, they, he told me that no one wanted to play for, uh, uh, who was the big Laker coach back in the day? Uh, he's Miami Heat. Uh, Pat Riley. Pat Riley. He, they said Pat Riley works you to the bone. Like no girlfriends on trips, no nothing. And everyone wanted to uh, uh, Atlanta, wanted to play for Atlanta because Lenny and, Wilkins. And Lenny Wilkins because he was a little more tolerant and that stuff. And that, as a matter of fact, that was who Pat, uh, uh, Grant was playing for at that time. And the, stuff, Hawks? So, the Hawks. The okay. Hawks. Oh, he <clears throat> he would turn into a journeyman. Okay. You know, after his Miami Heat days and stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, there you go. So, yeah, it's amazing what coaching, you know, what, and I've always, always, from that time on, I was always around coaching and stuff. And so, when I came up north and everything, I told you, I met my wife on the Buchanan tennis courts coming here for a tennis tournament and stuff. So, you know, doing those NTRPs, tennis is a great game too. And, uh, and that's how I ended up in the Valley. And, I needed to find a new career after, you know, my kids were born and such, you know, it was perfect. I, they were closing up the shop up there in Sacramento and Pat Guile had just taken the job on at Buchanan. I started doing my substituting, getting the credential, coaching, and lo and behold, after two years of that, an opening for internship opened up at Buchanan High School and I had enough credits under at National they gave me that internship job, taught for two years, and you know, kind of found out that that you know the in classroom thing wasn't quite my shtick. You know, I did fine and everything yeah. like that, but you know, you you got to have that moment of self realization where you say it's not coming together. I'm becoming this kind of disgruntled old <laughs> teacher that you know the kids don't deserve and they don't need, you know, and such. So there was a lot going on too. I mean, like, you know, I'm trying to finish my credential. I have two young one-year-olds and I'm, you know, and a full JV basketball yeah. coach plus full, you know, five classes. There's a lot on the table, a lot on the plate. A lot on the table. So, yeah. you know, I'm back in teaching now and exploring a new career in cybersecurity and stuff, but have been coaching all throughout. 
you know, and stuff. That's how I met you those yeah. years with the guys program at Buchanan. And when Brooks took over yeah. the guys program and Pat went on to be a GIS at, uh, at Woods now, um, uh, essentially Adam Wall, the girls coach invited me to come, you know, invited a bunch of us. Hey, if you guys still want to coach, come over with us and been with them ever since. He almost like you know? took, like darn near took like most of the boys, no, the guys he, coaches. he did. He did. He did. I, I think DeAndre is the only, only one that's left. still left, right? And he's coaching JV, yeah. as a matter of fact, which, you know, he was one of my assistants when I was coaching there. Yeah. It's great. DeAndre's doing a great job. I, you know, I just, we were talking earlier about how I, you know, about those guys and stuff. Yeah. And I watched the Edison game and wow, the athletes they got now at Buchanan. You know, I just saw that. I'm like, wow, these aren't the same kind of guys that I had when I was coaching at Buchanan. They just seem a lot leaner stronger yeah. and i'll tell you in, in the progression of my career it's just amazing how sports as far as the science nutrition uh you know uh, sports medicine with recovery and all man we had none of that my weight room my, my weight room at eastern michigan was under a staircase in a hole you know, and it just was a bunch of benches yeah. and weights, you know, lead weights, throw, and just throw it up and do it, you know. It's just amazing to see how things have progressed, you know. It's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I want you to talk about, like, what was it? You went back to Lithuania, though, right, and played basketball? Yeah, like I said. What was that like going back to pretty much the home country yeah. and playing basketball? Well, it was, I'll, it's tremendous. When, when mean, was that, too? Was that right after Eastern Michigan? Yeah, right at the tail end. Uh, that year that I went back to get that extra year for my history degree, mm -hmm. that winter was – I've been back there f five times since. Okay. Okay. Have you taken the kids? No, never. Okay. No, no, no. This is all back then. Okay. And it, and it was all through sports. The single days. Yes, the <laughs> single days, yes. And, oh, I'll tell you, over in you know Lithuania, imagine, guys – Iron Curtain, right? I mean, closed off, not much of anything comparatively to what we have over here back then. And here we are, okay? Number one, I told you, Lithuania is the Indiana of basketball, right? So they're already crazy about basketball. They're behind the Iron Curtain. Americans. Oh, my God, Americans. And then on top of it, their ancestry all is Lithuanian. And then... There were only three of us that actually, you know, spoke Both. the language. Guys, we were gods there. Hmm. We were gods because, you know, literally, I mean, the guy would say, whatever you want is yours, you know, and everything like that. And we went around and played. I, I will never forget, you know, the first city we pull into and they greet you with salt and wine at the borders of the city. It's a tradition, Eastern European tradition and stuff. And we went into the city. The streets are bare. Middle of the day, mind you. Streets are bare. We're like, where is everybody? And so we all check into the hotel. We go up to the hotel, sit in our rooms for a while. Got to be down in the lobby at so-and-such time, right? You know, half an hour later. They're going to greet us, you know, with the greeting, the city official city greeting. We walk down to the lobby. The whole mm. city is lined up and waiting for this parade to the s central part of the city for this, you know, session. And it was, it was crazy. I mean, they just, they were enamored with us. You know, we, it was like we came out off a spaceship and such, and they loved it so much. And, 
you know, interestingly enough, it's it was an education for me. First time behind the Iron Curtain, you know, and how desperate the situation was there. And, you know, you, when you're a parent, you want the best for your kid, right? Realize we're in the city, center of the city, okay? And a lot of hoopla, a lot of everything after the official speeches of the mayor and all the dignitaries and such. And all of a sudden, a guy drags me. Now, realize I'm, I, I read and write Lithuanian. So I hear him, I'll take someone in, I'll take someone in. Come with me, come with me. And I mean, he's pulling me through this crowd and literally whips me around. And it literally, I still remember, it's as if the sea of people moved out of the way of this one girl. She couldn't have been older than 15. Did he want you to marry her? 15. Take, or take you, have you take her back to the States? You read my mind. <laughs> he said, take her, take her, please take her. And I'm like, a dad, he doesn't know me from Adam, just that I'm a basketball player. Yeah. I'm in America. So you're not doing that with and your daughter like, is what you're telling me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you realize how, yeah. how much it takes for a dad to say that and yeah. mean it. How, how they understood like. This is the best opportunity for my child. Is if exactly. it's for her to go with you. It doesn't yeah. matter how you and treat her. Just this is gonna, whatever you do with her is a better. It's going to be better for her than saying. Yeah, there you go. And you know, Jason, you were alluding to the fact like here in America, you know, we really aren't aware of. So that's why I like my wife did tells kids. You know, she's a nurse practitioner at Children's. You know, tells these young kids that she sees sometimes get get out, mm -hmm. see the world. You know, there's more. You know, and stuff. You know, love Fresno, yeah. but realize there's more. Yeah. You don't have to be stuck here. You know, Pismo Beach is not the only beach you need to go to to <laughs> go for summers. Pismo's, place, Pismo's pretty pretty much Fresno with a beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. And I remember in one of your podcasts, uh, who was it flying over and he's flying in the fog? Yeah. And, and he, I think he it was Tyrone it was, Bradley. I think it was T Bone. Yeah, he, it he, was. He, he, he thought it was the coast. He thought Herndon was where he thought Herndon, <laughs> Herndon was where the beach was. Yeah. So here you go, another kind of yeah. experience and stuff. And real quick, another story. We stopped on our third city after a great night, and literally we're on the bus, and it says Veas on there, which means wind in Lithuanian. So everyone knows what this bus is about. We pull up to a, a, a thing called a kepikla, a bakery. Okay. Right? And there's a long line, people waiting for bread, right? Mm. Our guide walks right past all those guys, all those folks, and gets comes out, and I still have this picture, comes out with all these loaves of bread and brings them on the bus, gives it to us on the bus, and, of course, with a crate of beer. That was breakfast, guys, right there. Okay, <laughs> just, yeah. But I'm looking out the window, and I'm going, what are those people who are probably going to sit in that line and some of them not even get any bread? Yeah. Thinking of us, how do they look at us? Yeah, you know, see, and that's what I, I've come to find in my fifty-six years so far. Most people don't aren't thinking like that. Yeah, but I was, you know. I guess it's just the way my parents, you know, brought me up or something. Mm -hmm. Kind of think of others first, and it was, you know, those were two kind of like real gut, like real reality gut check. Yeah. Like this is the world, you know. And stuff, as I say, sheltered suburban white boy learning what the real world is like, yeah. you know, and such. So, And then yeah. probably, imagine too, right, you probably have a greater appreciation of what your parents 
oh. the sacrifices they oh. made because, right, like if you, like you said, if they didn't get out, you know, they both, that's what you would have grown up in. You, you know, mm-hmm. like your sister could have been yeah. that girl where your dad is like just being like, hey, yeah. take her, you know, oh, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we were just fortunate enough to be, you know, have the parents we had and be born where we were born. Yeah. And stuff, uh, you know, a lot to be grateful for and thankful for. I mean, and that that adventure out in Lithuania really made you think about such matters and brought it to the fore, you know. Um, you know, I still remember, and I tell the kids in history classes, even when I'm subbing, when I give my little bio to them, I go, can you imagine, like my grandfather, you hear the guns, you hear the guns when the uh, Russians are coming, you know, the Soviets back in World War II, and you, everything you worked for, he was an engineer, worked for the Army Corps of Engineers with Lithuania, actually did some spying for Lithuania in Czechoslovakia uh, on their tank program. A lot of history there. But before, see, this is all before, because now it's the Czech Republic and now it's Slovakia. They're two different countries right, now. Yeah, but yeah, correct. But people, sorry, got it, but right. oh, people forget that it was exactly. once. But, you know, the whole point being, can you imagine you've worked your whole life and because of world circumstances, everything's taken away. You got to leave. Yeah. You got to leave or you're stuck where you're at and good luck. I mean, I don't think most of us in America have ever experienced that. Nope. And I still remember my, and, and the resentment that my grandfather had for the Russians, for the, for the Germans, for the Poles. I mean, they were all arch enemies. And in one way you go, you know, come on, man, you know, let's be, you know, let's all get along. But when, you have been forced to do that. Yeah. You can see where the resentment comes yeah. from. You know, I'm not justifying it, but I'm just saying. Yeah. You, when you learn these stories and you understand people, and when you understand people, you can give you can give them more the benefit of doubt, and you know, think of them differently. You know, for yeah. the better. You know, yeah. Why is grandfather always kind of grumbly? <laughs> Well, well, then you kind of get yeah. it, you know. Life experiences will, they, you know, they shape you as a human. And basketball and co- and coaching and everything. Little did I have it in the plan, yeah. but it has shaped my my life greatly, and I'm very. So I got a quick that. question: Do you do you teach your kids Lithuanian? No, and generally the third. Well, here it is. My wife was asking me to do that. The sad thing is, when you're not listening to it every day, you lose some stuff. You well, you lose a lot yeah. of it. And here it is. I still remember days when my my uh, parents were saying They didn't want us to speak English because they wanted to hold on yeah. to that Lithuanian and such uh, and such. But we had a Lithuanian school in town. Yeah, and every that's what you Saturday. Said. So you're you're, you're saying it. You're you're around it. You're listening. You're getting to it, refreshed you're writing every it. Yeah. week and all that. Here for me alone to just do it because it's y- it's it's like who are you gonna talk to? Like who are you gonna talk once to? Lithuania. We lost we, but when we entered kindergarten, that's when our Lithuanian started slowly going away, and it literally. It, by by the next generation, yeah. it's usually gone. The closest Lithuanian school here to us is L.A. Okay, you know, so little little bit of a tough commute every Saturday. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and so that's what happens. You know, by the third generation, most it's dwindled away. You know, yep. if they if you're in my situation, which is not near a Lithuanian community or school, and such. So you know, there you go, man, Paul. I <laughs> I knew this was gonna be a good one. Seriously. <laughs> 
I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect today, but I'm I've loved every second of this. Well, I'm, I, glad, yeah, I'm glad I could provide it for you. <laughs> this is why I was like, I gotta get my man Grizz on. <laughs> it's a different. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's yeah. not the normal thing. I get. I totally get that. You know. No, and that's what I love about it. It's just you're you're not from the Central Valley, right? But you have such just great experiences to share, and that this is really you know this is what the podcast is about. Just to you know tell talk stories. about just, yeah, tell stories, talk about different life experiences, yeah. and you know like. The cool thing is, right, like your kids will be able, you know, I doubt your kids know this much about you or about your past, right? And so, not yet. No. yeah, and, you know, be able to listen back and talk about, oh, yeah. you know, this was George Mike in 2.0. You <laughs> yeah. know, like this is. <laughs> hey, I do. I, I love know? that hook shot. I loved my hook shot. I got to admit, you know. I, I think that's going to make it on, make its way to Twitter when we, uh, we post the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hey, I might hey, just change it hey, in my cell phone. Just just George Mike hey, in 2.0. I'm going to tell you validation because that was the time that uh, Magic Johnson brought it back. Yeah. After Kareem had retired and he brought it back and he started shooting. Yeah. And and I said, there you go. You know, I got some a little bit of value. <laughs> hey, it is a valid shot that's still it is. not gone by the wayside, you know, and stuff. The reason why he's the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. There you go. Amen. It's, it's unblockable. Amen. It's unblockable. It, it really is. It is unblockable. I've always told people, if you can start, somehow master that coming off like shooting threes, like come off the screens, because oh. you don't even got to get your hips turned. You can just come. No. Oh, yeah. Double screen and you just catch. Yeah. Yep. That's unguardable. Yep. It really is. Yep. That's why I, I still hold a special place in my heart for Kareem. I even, yep. you know, I read his autobiography. I don't read a lot of sports biographies, but I made sure to read his. and It was a great read, so... Yep. Paul, thank you so much. I, you're, oh, you're welcome. No. Hey, my privilege yeah. to be here with you guys and, you know, continued success. Seriously, I, like I said, maybe at the beginning of this, you know, uh, episode here, I've learned so much about the Valley just listening to your podcast and, and especially, and, you know, sports, you know, and these stories of these guys, you know, Jervis Cold, Camacho, and, T-bone and everything. <laughs> I mean, a guy coming from the outside who knows nothing, it's just great to see, you know, and learn of the sports-rich history, yeah. you know, related around sports here in the Valley, you know. And so I, I, my life has been enriched by just listening to your podcast, and then thanks for doing it, guys. Really, I mean, it takes some time. It takes some time and commitment, you know, so thank you. My thank you to you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. For sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, this has uh, been off the bench. Thank you again, Paul. Thank you so much. More than welcome. More than welcome. You've been listening to the Off the Bench Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. <laughs>